0: a caring man took a walk everywhere he looked people suffered anxiety ran high hope dwindled hatred rose his neighbors had lost trust in the system and in each other I need to do something he thought I'll bring them together and feed them around the dinner table they can talk and see how much they have in common shared struggles shared joy shared pain so he prepared a feast and invited all into his home but some refused to sit at his table because they chose to only see differences he was heartbroken because he wanted everyone to eat and be filled not with food and wine but with compassion Well, today we start a new series as um, as re- recently, probably the last couple of years, I've just felt in my spirit like, you know, to do a focus on Jesus and His ministry and His life. That leads us all the way up to Good Friday and up to Easter as well. And as we start this new series, I would encourage you to uh, take notes. And of course, uh, in the bulletin, the, the, the scripture that we're going to be reading from is in there as well. And hopefully you got one of those in, when you walked in. If not, um, you know they'll be up on the screen and stuff like that. But today I want to talk to you about Jesus welcomes all to the table. He welcomes all to the table. Now, is there anyone that comes to your mind that you would consider consider might be out of reach to have an encounter or even an experience experience a personal relationship with Jesus because of their profession, because of their lifestyle? because of their hard hearts or their belief or their lack of belief in Jesus maybe someone in the grammys comes to your mind or some some singer or some actor or some actress or, or some political person comes to your mind and you're just thinking in your head there's no way you know that they need a Damascus Road experience or something like that because they're so far from God. It could be a a grandson, a granddaughter. It could be a, a brother or sister. Who knows who comes to your mind, but is there anyone that comes to your mind that you would consider might be out of reach to have an encounter, perhaps an experience, a personal relationship with Jesus? Well, the man we're about to read about was one of those persons. You see, his name was Nicodemus. Nicodemus and his resume was very impressive. He had an incredible resume. And matter of fact, back in the days of Jesus, he was a Pharisee, which basically to be a Pharisee, you were one of the intellectual guardians of the law. You were pretty up significantly. But not only was he a Pharisee, he was a member of the Sanhedrin, and those were, that was the esteemed ruling council. Back in those days and then he was israel's teacher he was the authority the ones whose opinion could sway the vote of what was going to happen in the land the one whose words were most quoted he was at the top of the religious leader of that time he was a very powerful man he had a lot of weight he had a lot of clout now most pharisees were intensely jealous of jesus because he undermined their authority not only did he undermine their authority, but he challenged their views, the way that they looked at things. And, but even though he was at the top of the religious world, even though he was the most powerful man on earth at that time, as a Pharisee, as a Sanhedrin, and as, a, a, as one of Israel's key teachers, he was empty. He felt dissatisfied. So he comes to Jesus, but he doesn't come to Jesus at 10 a.m. at church. He doesn't go to the temple afterwards to talk to him over lunch. He comes to him at night, at night. I recently got a call late on a Friday night, and the person called me about 9.45 and said, Pastor, I'm so sorry for inconveniencing you and calling you so late. I said, it's it's not late. It's fine. You're fine. But it's funny how at certain times we don't want to call someone because we don't want to inconvenience them. But somehow there was this meeting with Jesus. So if you're able to, would you stand with me for the reading of the word? And if you have your bulletin, I want you to read along with me or it'll be up on the screen. And let's read this loud and proud. We're going to read all 21 verses. I normally don't have you all read like a lot of verses because that's a lot of verses. But I just feel in my spirit lately that there's something that happens when we speak the word of God. When we project the word of God. And that's what we're doing this morning. So follow along with me, and I'll try to go as slow as I can because I know I'm a speed racer uh, when I preach. Let's read this loud and proud. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. "'Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God.' "'What do you mean?' exclaimed Nicodemus. "'How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again?' Jesus replied, "'I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God "'without being born of water and the Spirit. "'Humans can reproduce only human life, "'but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. "'So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again.' The winds blow wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So you can explain how people are born of the Spirit. How are these things possible? Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, You are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things. I assure you, we will tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things— How can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in Him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in Him, but anyone who does not believe in Him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people love the darkness more than light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed." But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. You guys did great. Look at your neighbor and said, man, you did great reading the Word. I was like, that was awesome. Father, we thank you for this time together. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see what your Spirit has to say. In your precious name, amen. Now, have you ever thought, why did Nicodemus meet Jesus at night? Why not in the evening or, or early dinner or something like that? Well, probably it was to avoid being recognized by others. You see, he came not as a person with a title when he came to Jesus. He did not come to a person, he, he did not come to Jesus as a high-ranking religious official, even though he was. He came as a person seeking the truth. And who is Jesus? Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. His meeting with, with Jesus was a big gamble. Some of us have taken risk. Some of us have gotten involved in, in certain things or certain um, organizations, and people have said, don't get involved in that. That looks kind of risky, but yet we, we took a gamble, or, or maybe you used to be a gambler, or you knew someone who was a gambler and so forth. But you see, when he came to meet Jesus at night, it was a big gamble for Nicodemus. Gossip of his encounter with Jesus could, could hurt his reputation. Not only could it hurt his reputation, it could cost him his career for even having a a time at a table with Jesus. But despite all the possible consequences, despite all the calculated risk, he came to Jesus. And when he encountered Jesus, he got more than what he expected and a challenge to a new way of life and a new way of thinking. If you want to write this down, friends, I want you to understand this morning that Nicodemus came to Jesus for a religious lesson but he left with a relational experience. And that's the kind of God we serve. He doesn't want us to be wrapped up in a religious lesson. The religious lessons are important. Learning the Word of God is important. Memorizing the Word of God, studying the Word of God, all those things are important in our life. But I believe not only does the Lord want us to have the head knowledge of who He is, He wants us to have the heart knowledge of loving Him and knowing Him and growing in Him. You see, that is what the Lord wants us to experience on a daily basis is a relationship with Him. Not on a Wednesday night, not on a Sunday morning. Those are great, but could you imagine if the only time you spend with your children, or well, the only time that you spent with your spouse was from ten to eleven fifteen, maybe eleven thirty. If the God, if the Lord's really moving, or maybe noon, or maybe on a Wednesday night from six thirty to eight, maybe eight fifteen. If the fellowship's going really well, that wouldn't last that long. You see, this coming Saturday, I have the honor and the privilege of being married to that woman right there, Tree Singletary, for twenty nine years. Twenty nine years. Now. I'm not as, as high as some of these that have been married 40, 50, 60 years. I'm still waiting for your book, uh, Mike and Pam, you know, for that. But I'm telling you, think about this. As a matter of fact, I, I calculated to see how many seconds I have been married to Therese. As of this Saturday, I will have been married to Therese for 914,544,000 seconds. Wow. minutes I've been married to her. I've been married to her come March 11th, 250,000 hours and 10,585 days. Now, some of you, if you're like, well, we've been married 62 years, just Google. Married 62 years, how many seconds is that? Don't do that right now, okay? I'm preaching the word of God. (laughs) But the bottom line is this, try it. You will be amazed at how many seconds How many minutes, how many hours, how many days, how many? It's just unbelievable what can be done just through technology. But I want you to listen to me this morning, friends. Nothing compares to the relationship Jesus wants to have with each of us on a daily basis. The question is, is, are you just having a religious moment with Jesus on a Sunday uh, once a week or maybe a Wednesday twice a week? Or, or are you having a relational experience with him on a daily basis? No matter the time, no matter the day, whether you have it all together or you're hanging by a thread, whether you're rich or you're poor, no matter your color, no matter your background, Jesus welcomes everyone to the table today, even in the night, which can sometimes be an inconvenience for a lot of us. Matthew 11, 28, 30, and the message says this, and I love what it says, and we've all heard that scripture. Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, for take my yoke upon you, for, and I will give you rest, for my, my burden is easy and my yoke is light. But it says this in the, in the message: it says, Are you tired? Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. The Lord is saying, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitted on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. How many of you want to learn to live freely and lightly? I don't know about you, but I do. In the days we're living in, where sometimes we carry so many burdens, we carry so many shames, we, we carry so many heavy thoughts and burdens and stuff like that. That's what I loved about that song, Calvary covers it all. It covers our sin and our shame. I love that. It's not how we start, but how we finish with God's grace and God's mercy and who He is. I want you to understand today, church, that Jesus is undaunted by our positions. He is undaunted by our prestige. He just wants us to come to Him just as we are. Have you ever been to Billy Graham crusade before, or you watched it on TV, and at the end of the service, they sang that song, just come, you know, as I am, you know, without a plea, you know, and all that stuff, and we're, we're listening to that song, and it's drawing people to the altars of stadiums and, and arenas and so forth forth, or maybe even people that you know, or maybe you did, you, you gave your life to Jesus watching that program or something like that, Jesus wants us to come to Him just as we are. And Nicodemus heard what Jesus did with Mary Magdalene, how he transformed the transformation that took place in here and her deliverance from demons that were raging over her soul. And if you ever saw the chosen or you've ever binged on that show, and if you haven't, I would encourage you to. It's an incredible show. But the first episode is on Mary Magdalene, and, and there's Nicodemus, just kind of he remembers what she looked like, and then one day she's just skipping through the tulips or just having a good time, and he's just like, What's going on? Does she have a twin? He, could, he was dumbfounded by what happened. He heard about the authority that Jesus showed in cleansing the temple from being a modern-day marketplace. He heard about how Jesus turned the water into wine in John chapter 2. Church, you need to understand that Nicodemus knew the law. He was a Pharisee. He was a Sanhedrin. He was a teacher. He was the who's who in that moment. But he didn't understand the God whom the law revealed. He didn't understand the salvation that, that was God, that God was offering him through his son, Jesus Christ. Now, when Nicodemus heard about Jesus, he knew Jesus had no credentials. He knew that Jesus had no formal schooling. And he showed no desire to be a part of the inner circle of the religious elite leadership. Night after night, Nicodemus was wrestling with the same question based on what Jesus had done and asking himself, Could this be the Messiah? How many people in our culture today are asking that same question? Is he the Messiah? Or is he just a man? Or is he just a myth? And night after night, after sleepless night, contemplating, looking through his books, looking through his studies, he could not find the answer until he went to Jesus at night. You see, if you want to write this down in your notes, Nicodemus may have come to Jesus in the dark, but now he stands in the presence of the light of the world. He stands in the presence of the light of the world. You see, no doubt Jesus was the Son of God, but He was made of flesh. He He was probably tired just like you are from a, a 9 to 5 day or a 7 to 8 day or whatever it is that you're dealing with. And, and not only was He drained uh, physically, but He was drained mentally and spiritually from teaching, from a day of teaching, from answering questions, from performing miracles. But He was and is always accessible to the ones who come and want to meet with Him. And when Nicodemus said, i got to meet Jesus, someone made this gathering happen in that moment. And even though Nicodemus rubbed shoulders with the most respected minds of the religious hierarchy of those days, he probably always felt the same way that some part of his life was missing. That some part of his life not only was missing from his life, but also from the others. He was tired of religion. He wanted something new. He wanted a relationship. And Jesus wasn't speaking about jots and tittles of the law. He was speaking as the word of life. And today he speaks to us as the word of life. He speaks to us as the word of life. You see, friend, when we sin, have you ever noticed that we don't want to hear the truth? Have you ever done something wrong and then your parent, if you're a student, your parent tells you what you did wrong and you know that it was wrong and you just don't want to hear it? Or your spouse tells you something that you know was wrong but they have to remind you? We don't want to hear that. Because we know that we're guilty. We know that we're, we're, we're charged and so forth. And we don't want to hear the truth. We don't want to avoid. We want to avoid the light. And especially when, when Jesus came into the picture and we're living in sin, we want to avoid the light of Jesus because we don't want our sinful deeds to be exposed. It's embarrassing. It's shameful. It's hurtful. But Jesus didn't come to confront us, but to confront the darkness in us. We need to remember that this morning, even though it's embarrassing, even though it's a difficult circumstance or situation that we've gone through, confronting the darkness in our lives is what Jesus wants to do. Even Martha Luton King said this, and he said, and I quote, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. And this is the light that Nicodemus is encountering in the darkness of night, Jesus promised Nicodemus and us that we can have eternal life, that we can live with him forever. He said, whoever believes in, and what that word believe means, it means to trust, to cling, to rely on. Let me ask you this morning, you might say, oh, I believe in Jesus, but are you really clinging on him? Are you really relying on him? Are you really trusting him, or are you just letting that word be what it is? And that's just believe, believe. Whoever believes in me, to trust, to cling, to rely on him, shall not perish. What that word means is that that word perish. It means you will not come to destruction. You will not be lost, but have eternal life. Do you know what eternal life means? It means forever, like in the sandlot squints. Forever. It, it's everlasting. It's everlasting. It goes on forever. And we may not see God's phys- we may not see God physically now. But we can see the evidence of God, like the wind. We cannot see it, but we can see the effects on trees and on leaves, the invisible moving the invisible. We might not see the Holy Spirit, but we can see the impact of the Holy Spirit and what he's doing in people's lives. See, there's three things I want you to remember this morning. Number one is this, that God is patient with us. Jesus is patient patient with us. He's patient with us. A lot of us, we got to work on that thing. We need a little more patience. We don't have a lot of patience. That's why someone created minute rice, instant pudding, all these instant things because we want things now. We don't like to wait. But he's patient with us. Jesus offers us answers, even when we we're slow to grasp him. Jesus confronted Nicodemus, but he never condemned him because Jesus came to save us, not to condemn us. Jesus had the courage to speak the truth in love and wants to help us to live in the light of his love and his wonderful grace. Oh, just turn your eyes upon Jesus. Whether he was patient with Thomas's doubt, he was understanding with the fears of Joseph of Arimathea, And the shame of a woman caught in adultery. And he even questions, uh, or, or, or even questions like Nicodemus had. They were all welcome to the table. And so are we. And so are our questions. So are our baggage. So are our shame. But he's patient with us. Number two is he's willing to come to us. He's willing to come to us. He came from heaven to earth to show us the way, like that old song we used to sing in the church. He's willing to come to us. Jesus was willing to go anywhere when he lived on this earth. From a Samaritan well, he went. To a Damascus road, he was willing to meet a Pharisee. He was willing to meet a prostitute. He was willing to, to go anywhere, whether it was in the morning, whether it was at noon, or it was at night, because it only takes a step of faith out of darkness into the glorious light of Jesus. It only takes a step. And sometimes if you don't take a step, God will take one to you because he cares for you, he loves you, he wants to get to know you. I hear people say this all the time as a pastor, someone counseling people, or you hear this in the news and you, you hear people say these things about God. Why doesn't God do something during my heartache? Where was God when this tragedy happened? Why doesn't God do something during my hardship? Why doesn't God do something during my difficult situation? Can I answer you that, the, the answer to that question? Let me tell you, friends. He has. He has come to us in our hardships. He has come to us in our heartaches. He has come to us in our difficult situations. How has he done that? He came in the person of his son, Jesus, to die on an old rugged cross and rose again from the dead three days later so that we might have eternal life. So when someone says, why doesn't God do something, what you need to tell them, that he has. He is. And just point him to the cross. Because Calvary covers it all. And finally, we need to remember that he is worthy. Oh, we sang that song, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Worthy is the Lamb. He is worthy, but still loves us as unworthy people. Have you ever thought about that? When we loved the darkness more than the light, when we flirted with enticing shadows cast by the world, whether through our words, whether through our thoughts, whether through our deeds, his love was and is still wide enough to embrace all humanity. Because Jesus welcomes all to the table without distinction or exception. God's love for us is immeasurable. Is immeasurable. It's uncom- uncomprehensible because He was willing to sacrifice His only Son for us. Jesus was willing to accept the mission that God asked of His only begotten Son. Wow! You see, Nicodemus encountered at the table. Nicodemus, encou- his encounter at the table with Jesus, changed his life forever. He came away with a new understanding of both God and Him and His life was changed forever.